Welcome, welcome back to the Mining Your Business podcast, a show all about process mining, data science, and advanced business analytics. We are live in the studio. Jakub, are you excited? I'm very excited, Patrick. I hope you are. So joining us on the podcast today is Timo Peters, COE lead for process mining at Bio. And he will share his thoughts on how to build a center of excellence, hypergrowth, and what that means, and also answer some of our audience's questions. Let's get into it. Hello again, dear process mining enthusiasts. Uh, I'm very happy to announce that this is actually the first episode that you will hear that we record on-site, in-studio, with all of the people who will you will hear in the episode um, sitting next to me. It's amazing. It feels great. I can literally touch Patrick. I will not do that, uh, but I could if I wanted to. Um, Patrick, how do you feel about recording here? Well, honestly, Jakob, this is such a change from what we usually do. And it's so nice to see the people face to face and there's a completely different interaction. And uh, I'm really digging it. I do not miss the squeaking floor I have in my apartment. Oh, I don't um, either. And I your noisy miss... neighbors and oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I think at some point I had a dog barking there. So this is much better. Um, anyway, you already know from the name of the episode, who are we going to interview? But I would still like our guest to introduce uh, himself first. So, Timo, it's yours. Yeah. Um, welcome from my side as well to the podcast. So my name is Timo Peters. Um, I'm leading the Center of Excellence for Process Mining at Bayer. So um, since 2019, I'm I'm in the process mining, so a bit longer time already, um, and really happy now to do the first podcast live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we are happy as well that you accepted the invitation and that you are sitting here with us as uh, you are also from Munich. Um, Timo, these days, it's almost difficult not to see you as a presenter somewhere. You <laughs> have been part of Cellosphere on uh, two separate sessions. Uh, how did you uh, end up in your career uh, as this uh, process mining protagonist? Uh, how did you? Where did you start, and how did you get to where you are now? Mm -hmm. So, if you look into the whole journey, right? So, like, I, I actually I was starting two thousand two at Siemens um, and. Um, I was doing order placement for for Asia, right? So like I was the guy who was creating sales orders in the system in SAP. Um, Best experience. Yeah, and and I, I still living from this partially, right? So yeah. like um, that I know what is ongoing there. And then I had like several kind of roles. Um, I, I was moving through the organization. Um, I was in order management, supply chain, sales, procurement, IT, and and ma many other other functions. And what was constant on this. I always was involved in, in projects with process improvement mm -hmm. or where we introduced uh, new SAP systems or um, came alongside with CRM or Salesforce. And um, I think 2018, I had a kind of special role. We was looking for introducing new technologies into the supply chain. Mm -hmm. that, that was our key task. And um, we came across the process mining because we said like, yeah, we we need to digitalize. We need to get more yeah. automation and um, the usual usual things. What yeah. you always hear, right? Yeah. Um, and that was the starting point when 2019, when I started to look at the process mining. And um, that was quite an interesting journey because it was lifting off, right? So, like we we saw um, what are the capabilities, what you can do um, in, instead of like what you did in the past very manually. Um, and then it was evolving, right? So like it, it was like like a given pass, right? So like 
um, what you need to do next. So it was like always clear for me um, what is the next level, but that we that we scaled so heavily and so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't foresee this. <laughs> yeah. So and it was was not a plan. So we we used the opportunity and um, we always listened to. Um, to the request of our internal customers, what they want yeah, and yeah. how fast they want to go, and then like we we moved in step by step, yeah. <laughs> and, and there was a lot of challenges, a lot of learnings. Um, it was not always easy, mm-hmm. um, um, but but that that was the point, right? And then um, um, I believe a lot in in acting in communities. Um, so that is like why I'm doing all the sharings, why I do all the peer calls, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, why I'm you know like such present. But I think there's a value in this. To sitting here in the podcast with us. Yeah, okay. sitting here. We will definitely get to this piece on communities before. What I wanted to mention is that uh, you are not the first person who went through what almost seems like um, enabler in process community, which is Siemens, because we already talked to Lars Rankemeyer before with yeah. E as well, mm. where uh, everybody is kind of a process expert and. Um, uh, they brought a lot for the community as well. So it's pretty cool. Um, second thing, actually, I know that a lot of listeners, including ourselves, we don't remember how it looked 10 or 15 years ago when it came to process improvement. Um, you know, speaking about process improvement, now you have all these fancy tools, a lot of digitalization, process mining eventually as well. Um, what is, uh, how did it change from your point of view doing process improvement uh, five or let's say 10, 15 years ago to how you do process improvements now? Um, so like how we always did it in the past, it was very manual, right? So like you you had an, an idea how the process should ideally look like and, and you was talking to people would tell you like the main passes, but you didn't have the capability of really understand um, what are the variances in the process, yeah? So like, and... Um, if they didn't told you about this, you was not aware and you was not able to design it. Yes, and everybody was know like very famous is like um, order reverse or like um, sending sending damaged goods back, right? So like nobody was thinking on the way back, only way forward. Um, and now nowadays, right? So like if you're looking to the capabilities and you really can do a data driven analyze, mm-hmm. it's giving you much more, right? So like you can really see end to end. You don't need to look to a certain kind of parts. Um you're you're able to identify the root cause. Many times if you're not taking the end to end process really, like really, really end to end, um, you just see the symptom and you try to fix the symptom mm-hmm. and you're not finding the root cause. Mm-hmm. And um this is then like you miss the opportunity to really generate the value. And and in the past it was really, really difficult to find them. Is it more that you just had to go on a hunch where you say, well, we think based on the conversations we've had, some part of the business is not going well, and then we just try and investigate? Or is it, how, how did you go about it? Yeah, so it was like a, a lot of, you know, impression of people that they give you indication where mm-hmm. to go. Um, then you you came a bit more like to this Lean Six Sigma and, and, and this kind of methodology where you also was trying to build in data samples and um, looking for for topics, what you can really do and how to improve. But um, if you're using it, um, there was not such capability tool-based mm-hmm. behind that. You always could do for a certain kind of part of the process. For only a certain kind of time, you can't run it continuously. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always like a picture of it's the like moment, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a snapshot. And um, there's a risk in this one. So it might be you're starting to implement something, uh, what is a bit older data, but the world have already changed. Yeah, right. So like... You, you're trying to fix something what is not even there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's fun living in the future and <laughs> yeah. actually be able to do um, 
data-driven decisions. Yeah. Um, Timo, uh, you recently changed jerseys, if I can use the sport terminology, <laughs> yeah. and it almost feels, you know, being in the community and know, starting to know the people, it almost feels like a blockbuster trade uh, when <laughs> you go from one company to another. Uh, if you um, can kind of summarize the journey you did in Nokia, because you for sure had a lot of learnings, and I, I guess a part of where you are now is also being in Nokia. If you had to capture something that you're really, really proud of from this uh, this years that you spent with Nokia, what would you uh, pinpoint? Um, I, I think building up the center of excellence was was for sure the highlight. I mean, there, there are a couple of things. I mean, I, I still remember quite good how we implemented the SAP in Asia, right? So like came to one and it was a great team and, and great experience there. And I'm still with many people in touch mm. and um, um, that also helped me a lot in in the first steps with the process mining because you know like people are moving and they yeah. they're going on with the career and they're at certain points and like if you sometimes need help it's it's good to know them um but the building up the CUE was was one of of that highlights for sure and i i liked that a lot um because we had we had the luxury that we had the freedom to to grow it, right? So mm -hmm. as as fast as we can, um, we was empowered to make our decisions, like how we want to move on, and um, the team spirit was one of the key why it came to a hyperscale. So like if everybody is pulling in the right direction, and um, also if it means like we we did a lot of long working hours sometimes to get <laughs> the things moving and resolve topics Do well um, <laughs> you you feel the spirit right so like and 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 the team is moving with you and and that is actually fun right so like um i would say like that's the most interesting time mm -hmm. i would say right so the so right people at the right place, the right place. yeah mm -hmm. and and bringing them together right so like um and that they're moving with you and and they, that they Belief into the vision, what you're going to do, mm -hmm. um, and and you're working on this one, and, and building this up is is unique, right? So like you you're creating something, mm -hmm. and it's not um, not of steady operating model, mm -hmm. um, but it's like you can define your own world, right? Your your own company, mm -hmm. and and I guess if you're asking people that founding a company, <laughs> they will backward looking, they will say like that was a lot of fun, yeah, and yeah, I feel yeah. I feel it in the in the same way, and I, I honestly I. As I was get that opportunity, I was thinking like how you want to do it, and I always saw it like my my own company, my own part of the company, mm -hmm. and how I would like to grow it and what kind of service I would like to deliver, um, awesome. and and that's what I'm also now doing in Bayer again, right? So like I'm thinking like okay, like where I would want to move it, what kind of service, what kind of quality, and how my stake or my customers um, would see yeah. me, right? So, I mean, having that sort of freedom to maneuver the this part of the business how you would like to see it, was it difficult to convince maybe upper management to give you that freedom or was it just given to you? Or um, Actually, you know, it's, it sounds like some people say I'm, I'm crazy, right? So like, but um, <laughs> I did more than 400 sessions, demo sessions um, wow. in, in that time to... Um, to find it, um, to find the sponsors, to find the people that are going to to follow you and, and mm -hmm. see that opportunity. It, um, I think the biggest group was around about 1,200 people at once. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I did like one-to-ones as well sometimes. Um, and it was always 
if you do that, you you're getting some reaction back, right? So mm -hmm. it, it was ne we never get a bad feedback about the capability. So everybody was saying, "Oh my my God!" Right? Mm -hmm. So what we see there and and what opportunity is there? Um, but there was people that coming out and um, was looking for the next steps. They ask about this one. They want to get involved, and then you have the opportunity to find your your champions. Um, and you find your sponsors, right? So, like, mm. over the champions, you find your sponsors, and that was, like, the path we went. Um, so, it was just a matter of time to get the sponsor and... Um, to assemble the dream team. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it's it's a lot... For me, it's logical, right? So, like, if you're talking about digitalization, um, we need to understand what we're doing. And and this is a, one of the big enablers for digitize your processes and your company, you you need to have this capability. So it's it just then a topic of educating the people, make them understand, and then it will come that you find your sponsor. I do like bringing this entrepreneurial spirit into what sometimes seems like a very um, rigid organization because after all, we worked with companies, we know how difficult sometimes it's to motivate people uh, we don't have the luxury of hosting 1200, uh, 1200 sessions with them. Nobody would probably pay for us if in that <laughs> case. <laughs> uh, but it is, uh, I mean, it's very important. And I like that you mentioned this, uh, the, you know, again, people game and, and bringing it up. Um, have you ever uh, faced this difficulty? Because what we noticed very often is that it seems that when you're trying to define your champions and bring these people who are then helping you spreading the world, uh, it almost seems that it's on top of their daily tasks and it's difficult to get that resource that you so desperately need uh, and take it from someone else. Uh, that's usually where I see a lot of friction, a lot of uh, pushback. How did you address this? Yeah, I think they're becoming then to the point of the set, center of excellence, right? So like yeah. you, you will have the champions in the organization, in the business or in the different teams or, or program projects, whatever, that will not have like 100% um, time for doing mm -hmm. this one they have a daily job and building up the the center of excellence meaning you have people that are fully dedicated to this and and um building this kind of service or like you know you also can say this this kind of product what your champions can use and and promote and like finding cases so you um actually the coe is the main enabler to do that and um if you don't have that dedication and like people that can do it 100% then it's very difficult mm -hmm. it, it's getting nearly impossible because um, for for people that are an operative business there will be always a drawback yeah? there will be always like the focus on the business side we, we need to mm -hmm. generate money with, mm -hmm. with our with our business and it will be only like the, the second job or the second part of this one and so um, I know that one of the um sessions that you had or will have on Cellosphere because interestingly you are recording this one day before Cellosphere so you're already I'm sure that you're already ready and rehearsing your your speeches um, is 10 tips on COE. Um, would you be so kind and kind of review some of those tips for us uh, so that we can also elaborate a little bit or a little bit on those? Yeah, for, for sure I can do, right? So like, um, I think every bill, everything will be said, yeah? So like, um, mm -hmm. um, before, or like other people will hear that before. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the 10, important to, to mention the 10 tips all coming out of like own experience and, yeah. and many of them was like big failures, what we had, yeah? I'm so sure, like, I'm sure very, it was. Very, um, struggled a lot and it always was, 
also iteration of it. Yeah, so like it it was like you fail, and then you was trying to change it and to improve it, and then you fail again and um, um, move then to to a certain kind of stage where it's uh, really good. Um, so I think one and. I already mentioned, right? So, like this was the the 400 sessions what I did with the with the intro calls and, and demo session enable yeah. people. This is like an endless opportunity to generate and finding new use cases. I, I know that we should go data driven, but if you're starting um, starting the journey with process mining, you don't have the data connection, mm-hmm. and you um, and everybody is looking that you generate very quickly a return on invest. Yeah, so like you you can't build up the end to end process and then say like yeah. Let's look where yeah. we find value, right? So, like, it's it's not not good way. So you, you, you shouldn't. You can do that. You can do that, right? So, like, if you have the right sponsor and um, you have the the trust into this one, but um, it unfortunately, you know, like, not unfortunately, but it was not the case for us. Um, so we was starting to again, like, a bit more this old traditional way. We listen. What are the problems? We was then starting to um, in order the cash and and source to pay area, and finding the first cases and then deliver the value. But the key was that we was really going in there and we showed the capabilities um what is possible and then then finding the people mm-hmm. and um I'm I'm still continue to do that. So like um I think in the last two weeks I had around about like ten sessions mm-hmm. um where we introduced to people the process mining. Yesterday I was talking to the warehouse management and and logistic team. Right. right. Um and it's it's very important to get um, expanding, right? So making the people aware and training. How do you them, find yeah. the right audience? Um, I um, so traditionally, like you, you're looking to. I mean, the audience it, it can be anyone, okay. right? So like okay. you don't need to take care that you say like, hey, I, I only can go to continuous improvement mm-hmm. people, or I'm just going to um, to operational people. It it doesn't matter, right? So like um, I never, honestly, I, I never take care too much on this one. Mm. Uh, I try to bring that to the whole organization. The knowledge and and always expanding and whoever is interested is interested. Whoever is interested and um, sometimes like you have, I said right. Sometimes like you you find people that raising their voice and they want to join, coming from a side what you never expected. Mm. So like you say like oh it's this from coming right and and people that you was hoping for reacting they're not react. Mm. Yeah. So um, to not limit this one, I was trying always to to make it broad and 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 show the capabilities and. Many times I ask also at the end of the sh- sessions to say like who could be interested as well, so that I'm getting additional names um, mm-hmm. and um, asking them for building the contact. And um, sometimes we go into team team calls um, yeah. or like um, we going to all hand co- all hands calls and and showing this. Yeah, mm. so um, it 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 doesn't matter actually. Yeah, so um, what is the audience? Um, important is that you raise the interest and that the people come back and mm-hmm. that you then start to work with them and. If nobody raised a voice, ask always like you know who could be interested. Mm. Who who do you think like um, ha- would have a benefit of this? And um, that was always helping us. So this is this is um, one of of the good things. So like I said, I'm not going to stop this. I'm going to continue this even stronger now. I like I like that you mentioned that sometimes um, you go to people that you hope you would get the uh, you you know you would hear back from them and you would get the excitement and you don't and I also seen it sometimes that uh, we are just barking at the wrong people yeah <laughs> or maybe right people but the people who either have enough of uh, work on their own and they just uh, cannot do what you expect them to yeah so you just have to go elsewhere 
I was actually thinking yesterday about this a lot. Um, that that is very complex, right? So, like, how how to um, address the topics that they're understanding what they do, right? And um, also how you can restructure your demo that the people understand this because I, I have the feeling many times it get viewed as an, an Power BI dashboard. So they yeah. see the dashboard <laughs> and say like, yeah, that is Power BI or Tableau or, yeah. or, or whatever. Um, but they do not see what they can do with this, right? So like, um, and it's okay to start like this, but then you, over time, you need to educate them that they really understand the power of process mining and that they can find the root causes, what you actually need to tackle and and bring it into into business contexts. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is really difficult, and every person um, works there a little bit different and and understands it different. So um, I sometimes try to change the approach, um, but it's always like you know. Some people you you receive, some people not, yeah, and it's then permanently you need to go in into this. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other tips that you might have? Um, I, I think the strongest, the strongest one, right, and the most important. What I at the moment feel is that um, we need to focus a lot more about value. So, yeah. um, you've heard that one, heard that one. <laughs> yeah. So and but there's um, actually. Um, it's already a little bit in my mind. So um, I was invited for um, the first COE Cello Champion um, round um, and where everybody was presenting um, the approach to go. And after reflecting that day, I was seeing that everybody was talking about either processes or they was talking about like uh, implementation of an application. And I thought like, but actually, we want we want to talk about value, right? So, like you you instead of talking about processes and and tools, you need to think in value. Yeah. Yeah. So your your product, you want to earn money with this. Yeah. So, um, and what we now did, um, we we changed the whole approach that we that we putting the value in the middle, um, of our of our mode of operation. We make it much more strong while we follow following it up much more tight. Mm-hmm. Um. And um, it's not meaning that we're leaving out the parts of um, change management or the process or the tool onboarding, um, but it needs to have a, a red line through the whole story and that right, will be right. the value. Right. So how, do, how does that approach from the usual approach that you would have taken before? So I, I think before we was um, looking a lot of to the process and say like, hey, what kind of KPI or like what kind of, of steps we want to more automate or mm-hmm. what kind of bottlenecks in the process we want to resolve. Mm-hmm. And um, we, at a, at a second question was then um, what potential value we can generate with this. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So like it was always the second or the third question. And even we, we, we sometimes decided to go ahead without a, a clear agreement what is the business case. Mm. and that we now turned so the the question will be what is the value what we can deliver and then you go into the implementation and then um we we going even um what we're now starting to implement is we we want to have that the business is going to deliver us the business case um the the unit head and the financial controller need to sign it off yeah so we know that's the potential but also what we're going to implement is like a milestone check so mm-hmm. they need to define um what they want to achieve at one point and currently be thinking of have the first milestone after the first month after the go live, mm-hmm. uh, the third month, six months, nine months, and 12 months. 
So, um, and it can be like less than the potential what they calculated because traditionally you will have a ramp up. Um, and then at that point, so it, it's like, again, a measure, right? So like if, if you're failing this one, it's okay. But at this measuring point, we need to say like, what happened wrong or did we achieve it and what we can improve mm -hmm. so that we have um, a bit shorter timelines to see are we moving in the right direction mm -hmm. um, from value point of view. In addition, you could say like, yes, I'm doing that, you know, do we resolving this problem for this kind of countries or like do we have the adoption on the users? Yeah, so like this is all like secondary part mm -hmm. what we are going to to look at as well. Um, but the main focus will be on the value and this is making it much more stronger. Mm -hmm. um, it will make it much more tight of seeing if we're moving in the right direction. It's not like micromanagement or um, that we want to, um, um, you know, force force into the value. It need to be like, yeah. like we need to do, achieve that together. But it's again like, actually, we want to do a data data mining, right? So yeah. like, and we need to behave in the same way that we see what what we can measure. Are we on the right mm -hmm. track? And if not, we're going need to change it. Um, who does at the end is or who is at the end responsible for the value like who do you assign it to and uh who is then the 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 uh holder of the responsibility for this the one that you? gets the blame right is it yeah who, the one who get, is it the center of excellence is it the technical team or is it like the the business owner how do you segregate this so actually the question need to be like who who can make the decision that the improvement get impl implemented, right? Or like that the change can happen. Yeah. yeah? So like, um, and that need to be the owner of this one. If he, if the person that need to implement it can't decide, it should be like this, then it's the wrong place. Yeah. So, and um, I think that that is a key learning. So also, if if you don't look to this one, you might be have persons that have not the the power of deciding it, right? Mm -hmm. So how to do it and um then you're wasting a lot of time to to see and 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 a good of effort um and then you see like it's not going to happen yeah so you you need to look who is able to make that decision and that is then the business owner or like yeah what you need to work mm -hmm. with and he need to be responsible of doing the change it can't you know i, I know a lot of CU, cue heads might be getting this kind of targets but it's the wrong the wrong thing right so like if i would get a, a you know, a target to improve something, but I can't decide it. I only can decide for my center of excellence what I'm going to do, right? But I can't say like, hey, in order to cash, now instead of using SAP or something like that, you need to do something else, right? Yeah. So like, it's it's not in my power, right? Um, regarding these tips that you still have, I have, uh, let's say, two questions. One would be, what is the tip that most of the organization usually fail at? And the second, just so just so that you hear both and you have some time to think about it because you didn't have the questions before, yeah. which is the funny part. <laughs> the second is, um, which of the tips is uh, the most underrated one? Uh, well, like, you know, the one that you receive and you actually like, yeah, it's not important, but you actually think it is important. Maybe it's also some of those that you already mentioned, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think you... You might be the second question you need to place again, right? Okay, if if I forget about this, right? <laughs> um, so the most underrated, um, I think we had it already. So um, there there are a lot of my minor things what you what you not not notice what you're going to do and what is playing a very key role. But but one what is um, 
underrated is a lot this demo and introduction sessions. Mm -hmm. I, I know from other people they, they're not doing it so heavily. And um, if I remember right, at the end, as I was leaving Nokia, we had around about 193 use cases. And everybody oh, said, like, yeah, how, how, come on, right? So like how you find 193 use cases, right? Um, this was because like we, how do I say, we did a lot of marketing for this. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think it's it's the right step. Um, and it's a, the, the second second detail into this one. If you have a big variance of use cases, you can do the right pick. I, I see, um, and coming to question number one, I see a lot of companies are failing because they're pinpointing to a to a um, uh, especially in the beginning to a one um, one use case. So I think very famous is duplicate checker, right? Yeah, Everybody wants to do that one. <laughs> or, or payment terms, right? Yeah. So, um, and especially I think duplicate checker is a very difficult one because um, all big companies they're already checking if you yes, pay double. True. Yeah. No, it's just a question of how good they are at it. And then, like you know, you're starting with your process mining, and you you need to coming with a better quality product than its existing one. And yes, you can do this. We also did this, but what is the benefit? So how much more you can find, right? So like, and, and that would be the additional value. So like mm -hmm. a lot, actually then if you're looking to your return on invest, you would have failed um, because you was just starting with this one. And if you're going broad and, and you looking to many kind of, of use cases what coming in, you have a bigger variety Pick of the picking, right? right? Yeah. So like what what is the best potential in this one? If you just have three and you're looking at three, you take the best one, but if you have 100, mm. so your, your pick could be much more better. Um, so and this is sometimes where why where I see to to fail and and the key key to get this is like doing the demos, doing advertisement, right. doing marketing, capture this as as much as you can. Um, everybody will understand that you can't execute everything at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you need to have a, like a priority. priority yeah. And and then you go ahead. Yeah. So like first you need to have the first success. Otherwise you can't go ahead. Yeah. So now you just need to find someone like you to do 400 plus demo sessions in, in organizations. <laughs> oh, you, or? I mean, like, it might be it was, it, it's it's overplaying. I, I don't want to say that everybody need to do 400, right? Mm. Or like, or 300. Yeah. Um, um, you can say like I'm focusing on on order to cash, and you you try to to look to end to end and get a good variety of mm. of use cases. Um, if you seeing a couple of them that that potentially can return the value, then you're good to go. But um, I would never go with one or three anymore. Very so I, I was also doing that in the past, but yeah, I think it's not good. Okay. And it's the same what I now do in buyer, so that we're looking to capture a lot of use cases. I'm pushing for this one that we have that that opportunity. Seems like you need to do a lot of groundwork um, before you even begin the implementation, before you even say what you want to focus on. Um, with a lot of companies that we work with, I know that they just um, have this tool, they, they want to use it, they want to get going. Um, do you think that maybe they're spending a little too little time focusing on this aspect, or is that maybe something they can do beforehand? Or yeah, I, I so I think you need to be both, right? So like um, I think everybody's keen then to start, and and it's it's a question of like return on invest, yeah. So they don't want to wait, right? Um, and they they have the feeling they're losing the time. So might be you you spend like two one two weeks, yeah. So like really going broad. Um, also the first one I did. I used uh, a standard demo, right? So it was not like based on our data. I, right. I showed on demo. Um, but you can give the idea about the capabilities. Yeah. That's important. It, it, you, know, you never have like always that fitting use case in your, in your pocket for that audience group. Right. 
you need to try to explain them um, and how they can translate it and then asking yeah what kind of cases you would could, could imagine right and and if you have a little bit upfronting around on this one you might be have enough use cases um that going to help you to deliver the re the first return mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the big topics um, that uh, definitely comes into mind of a lot of listeners when they uh, see you in the podcast and hear you in the podcast is this uh, hyper growth um, topic, which is essentially from zero to hero kind of a kind of a path kind of journey where you start with a very brief implementation or maybe even with no implementation at all, and you try to scale the the process, the the initiative, the center of excellence, and everything that comes hand-in-hand hand, uh, when we speak about process mining initiatives. Um, how do you execute a hypergrowth? Um, I'm sure that a lot of these core uh, messages are already hidden in these tips that you've provided on building a successful center of excellence. But at the end, you I guess that there still are some secrets uh, on how to do this as fast as possible because it's not just, it's, you know, it's, there's so many variables that come into thinking about it. Mm. And what is hypergrowth in the first yeah, yeah. place? Can, yeah. can we define what hypergrowth <laughs> oh. is? Um, I mean, mm, so um, if you're looking a bit to the numbers, right? So like, and um, might be to other startup companies, this is like, you know, like not hypergrowth at all, right? So, but I, I feel for the process mining, I, I sometimes hear, right, you know, this, this is like amazing what, what was happened there. Um, And actually, it was like around about like 11 to 12 months what we was building up. We was coming from one person to, I think, finally, the planning was like to go to 26. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like we already had um, a lot of them hired at that point when I was leaving or like soon coming in. Um, we connected from zero tools to 21 tools in, in 11 months. So there was some big SAP systems behind, right? So and um, like databases, some customized Nokia solutions, uh, some third parties, and actually also saying, like, the first one, it took six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the fastest one took 10 minutes, yeah? So, um, if you know, like, how how it's, how it's going, right? So, what you need to do, and um, you, you can be very fast, right? So, um, Then if you're looking from the use case point of view, we moved from, I think at the beginning, like we had one or we, then we was quickly coming to five. We invested a lot in the demos and then we moved above 100. So then we was like slowing down again mm -hmm. because we feel like how we can fulfill all the expectations. And, um, but then we was coming to 193. Um, so we went from zero data to 300, um, um, gigabyte and then we quickly moved to four for a terabyte of data oh, wow. <laughs> yeah that's, that's quite a lot um and we we was not loading all i mean if you imagine you have 21 core applications yeah. you could even load more but yeah we we didn't have time right or we didn't have the use cases to do this mm. all um i think easily we could have pulled out like 10 10 ter terabyte of data yeah um, but then it's like building the data model and, and this kind of stuff um so that that was like you know like how we feel is is hyperscaling. So now I'm 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 going to chase that again. Yeah. yeah. So like um I want to want to be faster and a little bit more ambitious. Yeah. More ambitious. More processes. More data. Super Let's duper go. growth. <laughs> yeah. So um well setting the new target of the hyper hyper growth right. So and 
Um, I think the key in this one is that you permanently need to learn how you do the thing. So I, I mentioned an example we for the first application, for the first SAP system, it took us six six months to do that. Yeah. And it it it's not about like the technical capability that's difficult to implement this. Um, but you have all the company internal processes. So yeah. um like cybersecurity, all mm. the legal stuff, um you need to go through um, the different kind of environments, right? So like from development system to integration system yeah. to UAT to productive, right? So it always taking time and then you have your your freeze periods where you can't do anything. Yeah. And actually that was the phase where we where we learned a lot about that mechanisms, um how it how it works. Um and and then we started to see like it it can't be like this, right? So like we need to be faster. I can't get a use case waiting six months and then we're going to develop it. And then like after nine months we have the first use case. So like then we we always was starting to predict what is going to come next or what we need to take next to have like like a world map. So like what kind of, of, of airs you want to have. And we was pre-running this. So like we prepared everything. Also we invest a lot of energy in cybersecurity so to, to clear that out. Um, and this is then help helping you to make it quick. Yeah. So why why take ten minutes? Yeah. So mm -hmm. like yes, it's like a cloud version. You have sorted out everything before. So like it's then just like the technical part what you need to do. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, I think ten minutes is not. I mean, it, it was super quick, right? So like um, we didn't repeat that. Yeah. Um, for sure not. But um. In general, you need to be ahead of the game. Yeah? yeah. So that is like how you can grow fast. So if you see what is coming, what kind of use cases, you know, like um then you can can go faster. If you always wait and be reactive, then you are too slow. Yeah. Can I ask like in what part of the the process mining journey did you start this hypergrowth in? Because I'm imagining that with one use case and then all of a sudden scaling to 28 developers for this is a hard sell when you're right at the beginning because it's not been proven, it's barely been running for maybe a couple of months or something. Like, how do you convince somebody that this is, you need 28 developers in a year's time when how it's... How do you go to CFO? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was not like that we, you know, like we had we had a ramp up plan. Mm -hmm. So um, that was made. Um, and then actually we were starting to get the first one in, right? So mm. um, then we go for four, then we was around about 10, right? So like we, we always did step planning mm. and achieved the goal. And then if it was achieving it to see like, you know, are we still on track? Is it potentially to grow? Um, if if not, you can slow down or you, you're going to speed up, right? And uh, actually it's the same like what we now do in Bayer. So we, yeah. we now um, see what, what is in there. Um, you need to have your measure points. Um, and but if the opportunity is in there and, and, and you can show that you you can get the go for the next phase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like you're starting the next phase of, of the next um scaling part, right? And it it sounds like yeah, like how you can ramp up so fast, right? So like and and um but it was in a in a controlled manner. So important is also that you establish all the working mode, right? And getting the team together. Yeah. So like and and how you're executing this one. If you just get in all the people. It will be a mess mm -hmm. yeah, if you don't control it. Yeah, um, how are you going to work? And, and there are a lot of challenges. Um, you know, <laughs> how how to set it up and how to assign the use cases, getting the yeah. priorities, right? So, like, you know, you will face problems on yeah, like 
that data are not working or like this is still missing and um, I guess you know um, it all. We know this way oh, too yeah. well. You wake up in the morning, you have all those red dots, red, uh, not yeah. the dots, the red crosses, nothing oh, working. Okay, here we go again. Yeah, and I think actually this was a bit good because like we had a good good team spirit and um, everybody wanted to be a part and, and solving the problems and mm-hmm. took the responsibility and accountability to do this. Um, so that that not everything is, is sitting in one person to do that. It's, it's quite important. And amazing was also, I, I saw that the, I, I was not initiating this at all, but the team was helping each other automatically. So like um, some people are strong on Python, and very strong, right? So like, and, and some are not, right? And they're more on business side strong. And they built it like a community. And if someone was had a problem what he can't solve, they was calling, calling each other mm. and there was, doing like a little team meeting and then they were solving the problem and then they was disappearing and it was always working daily that they do, did this and I, I was not able to need to push that or like bring it in this direction it was happening automatically because the spirit and the community is so good right so and it's helping you a lot yeah um, so in this. that kind of also brings me to hiring the right talent then I assume that building um, a, a team with this kind of focus in a let's say a large organization is challenging for sure yeah, and important is that you right that you say you, you need to have the focus point right. So like, if you're distracting this focus, um, you you get a problem right. So like we we had these times where we lost where we lost a little bit of focus where like we had a lot of turbulences um if things are not going good right. So like you you then friction coming up, and then it's um how to say you 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 need to enforce that you have again the bubble that people can do their work what actually they should do and and for enabling the value generation. If you're missing that point, it can easily fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of talent, right? So um, you you need to watch out how how it's coming together, and it's not about the technical capabilities, also like how the people fitting together. Yeah. Um, what is the spirit in this one, and um, like also that's the right mixture yeah. in, in the team, right? So like um, um, interesting was we had. Um, Sometimes you, you see there are long people that working long for the company, right? So like 20, 30 years or something mm-hmm. like this. And they for sure have a different view than people that are just coming from the university. And um, it can go worse, but many times we it was a good fit, right? So like mm. we, uh, I, I, I still remember of a couple of sessions, we was always sitting Friday evenings. We was bringing the whole team meeting together. And um, it was always such a fun and the community was always going bigger every Friday there was new people joining in right and we always had a good laugh and it was a clear rule we don't talk about business we just want to have fun right yeah. and and um, and um, so it can be like where you think if you would see the people on the street they're not fitting together but if they have the same interest yeah. and you know you bring them together yeah I think we can um, dab on this as well oh, 100%, yeah, from, yeah. from process and if you know the goal what you want to achieve as a company and the project and everything and then just bring people who are hungry want to get there but you know can also mesh on on a people level and just ensure that it's just beautiful then environment to work in yeah yeah and um I'm not sure like if I should say it, right? So but sometimes he was sitting, you know, still still with our guys at around about like one or two or three AM <laughs> in the morning and <laughs> it, it was like we, we was discussing some problems and like, you know, then somebody was like trying to change it and we had like then a little bit like of, of private discussions then again, like, you know, yeah. joking about certain kind of things and then we was going back to work. 
Um, but it was showing like the motivation and everybody sometimes like if needed, everybody was going to do the extra mile for this mm-hmm. um, because of, of the spirit, right? And it was like not like, yeah, we know like it's all late um, and it was not a must, but people was volunteering to to do that. And um, and we had fun on doing it, right? So like if, and it, it not feels like like work or like pain and um that also make me going right so like i also don't feel that it's work for me it's many time like you know I, it's my interest it's my um my passion to to go that and reaching the limits and and trying to get the limits a bit further moved and and that keep me going great and uh, timo um we asked or you asked before before the podcast uh, even aired um that you were you were joining and uh, asking some questions um what you would like to hear from the audience so we have a few we had hundreds of them <laughs> yeah. oh yeah <laughs> close to a thousand close I hear. to a thousand so we just have to pick two lucky ones yeah so exactly. you, you you did uh, a, a, a nice uh, screening mm-hmm. and you applied all the process uh, mining yeah, methodologies to find the uh, two of the best ones that, that we got <laughs> so um, the first one comes from Alan Ramazami um, please uh, the question is um, usually process improvements cannot solely be associated with the use of a single technology solution how do you specify the portion of realized value that links directly to process mining um, so um, good, very good question, yeah, right? Yeah, so, like, and very difficult to mm-hmm. answer. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I I saw that question before, and and for sure, like, I, I saw like how you how on earth you want to answer this. Yeah? <laughs> um, but actually, might be it's it's not that we need to drill it down um, to the um, to to what is now the part of the process mining. What is the part of um, might be you have an API, RPA involved, or you, you know, have other technologies what what playing their role. Um, so. You're first looking to the complete value you deliver a service, right? So your your, your customers, stakeholders, and um, splitting it down only to the process mining or to the RPA, I think it's wrong. So um, it it need to be um, captured at at a higher level, and um, if you're splitting it down, it it makes no sense for me to be honest, right? So because it will be always difficult, right? So like you you know like how you want to say it, yeah? So what is the portion of of mm-hmm. what is it? Mm-hmm. Is it might be usage on data or like you know like who is actually changing changing it or like automatically doing the task right so it, it makes no sense because you might be identified with the process mining without identifying it you can't do the RPA, uh, RPA solution so um i would i would do it like this look at the point that you deliver the service and then it's like how you're splitting it, it nobody you know your customer is not interested in this so he, he's getting the value he He's he's getting that that benefit, and then um, it's a solution. What need to be anyhow in place to deliver this? Yeah. So and if it's multi-component, um, it, it's fair. I'm I'm not sure like if you're happy with the answer, but um, I saw many times as well. There's a lot of discussion about um, recharging the money back, right? So to the business units, how you how you're going to recharge the license cost or something back? And I went. I felt at least I went through all this kind of. of of discussions from um, charging it back on data driven, right? So like how many data and data objects uh, a certain kind of group is going from license um, to centralized to um, value generalized, right? And and that is the same if you're going to detailed onto this one, you destroy it all because nobody is going to be happy with this, yeah. 
I do like the answer. It actually reminds me there's one very iconic speech from um, the founder of, of Apple, uh, from from Jobs, who uh, he's being grilled by some programmer asking, why don't you use this specific language? It's open, uh, it's free, uh, uh, it's free for all. And, you know, I love it. And a community loves it. It's the best. And he's like, yeah, let's think about the product first, what you want to achieve. And then you ask your engineering team what they are going to provide. I mean, for an app, you also don't ask what is the code line, what is generating the yeah. value, right? It's like, yeah. you know, you. Yeah, I mean, for us as engineers, we are a little sad because you know how much work went in. Yeah. And all they say, like, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, but there is a reason why it doesn't yeah. work. You should see the code. It's beautiful. Yeah, the code is beautiful. <laughs> I documented it. <laughs> no. no, but um, it, it making it more complicated, right? So like, and and it's not, you know, it's not adding a value to to drill it down, right? So like, um. Um, more important is that you deliver the value or the expected value to your to your internal customer, right? And um, I personally, I said, right, if I'm opening the app, I'm not don't want to know like what kind of technologies yeah. are included into this one. Yeah. It's a fair reality. I think we all need to uh, accept. Um, next question, uh, the second lucky one uh, that comes uh, from your colleague actually, Dina Sasse, who asks, um, what is it? that you haven't done yet with Salonis uh, that you would really like to try out with Bayer? So, um, we did a lot, right? So, um, not not all, I guess. But one point is very interesting and what I'm looking, looking forward to is, um, I call it like ecosystem process mining. Mm -hmm. So, um, the idea behind this is that if you're looking to an end-to-end -end process and might be be taking um um order to cash we are dependent on other companies as well right so in the process there might be um logistic service provider what doing the delivery for you and you need to un you can't handle them as a black box if you really want to understand the end to end and how i'm going to integrate them and the difficulty is that they have a variance a big variance of of systems and depend where you're going to to deliver your goods, it will be like multiple kind of systems and different kind of system. Yeah, more the company, the weirder the system. Yeah, <laughs> and um and also they have their own met methodology of business language, right? So like how how you're going to do that, and um, it get complex if you do traditional mapping of this one. If they're going to change something, right? So like you need to change it to your side, right? So like there's a lot of technical part what you need to solve. And then there's huge discussion normally on cybersecurity, um, business objective, who's benefiting from what, right? And and all this kind of thing. So very, very difficult and very broad. As more players you have in the game, as more complexity you will have. Um, this is something what what I looking forward to do. Um, very complex might be will be a big failure. Um, at the moment I'm looking to a technology what is called web semantics that potentially could solve it. Um, it's not science fiction. Um, it's already in use. Um, if you Google, right, so you're using web semantics. Have to. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, and it could it could be have the potential to, to solve it. Yeah. So um, I'm now in, in discussion with a couple of companies and there's an interest group into this one. So we need to see how we're doing the next steps. We need to do some trials. We, we need to pilot mm -hmm. this a little bit. But um, it need to 
be ready to work with with ecosystem. I, I for sure can do this one to one, right? So like if I'm taking, you know, like a partner of us, I can already do it now. Yeah. But if I want to scale it to a complete ecosystem, um, it's, it's not going to work in the traditional. So way. is this something that uh, you are also, let's say, looking into the future? That's something that gets you excited and something that you would like to uh, chase a little bit more and see how far or how where it leads. Yeah, yeah, for sure, right. So, like, um, that is that is one one thing what we're looking into the future and what um, to answer the, the question from Tina, what, yeah, what I'm keen on. Yeah, so it might be early, it might be we are going to fail, um, but I think it's needed for the future to do that because there is a big potential in. I, I strongly believe into this one, and but I also have on the other hand side uh, also for the future there's um, interesting topic. Um, actually, alongside the process mining, I would to see would like to see the flow of the data or the flow of the data objects. Okay. So because, um, in a simple thought is, if I want to automate a task, I need to have the right information at the right time at the right point, and only if I have this information, I can do the automation. Yeah. If not, I can't do it. Right. So, and if you're looking to the process, we understand the process flow, but we do not see what kind of data is missing to do this, right? So we can have a um, degree of automation or something calculated, but what is missing um, when the data coming in, um, that would be really interesting to see. Both very interesting topics, and I'm sure I, I might have heard some of these also on the uh, ICPM conference, yes. which we recently uh, visited. And uh, I'm sure we will bring some uh, very smart people who are already getting deeper on these topics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for for sure, and, and and needed, right? So like, I, yeah. I I might be not the specialist for all this kind of topics. Yeah, so like we we need to solve it in a community. Right? Yeah, of course. Um, but this 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 are two two of the things. Um, and yeah. Well, I hope you go forward with that. The future is still exciting, yeah. I would say. Uh, I was just talking to someone today, say I feel like we're just scratching the surface with what we mm. can do with these technologies, which is very cool. Um, Timo, uh, time is up. Uh, I just want to thank you again that you found the time and drove all the way to studio mm -hmm. to to sit here with us. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Yes, yeah. So like might be I can come back, right? So at one point. Yeah, so, yeah. sure. Will be. Um was a lot of fun, right? So um I yeah, I like it a lot. No, I, it also makes me thinking how we do it in the future, maybe some combining and maybe bringing more people on the show. It would be pretty cool having some panel discussions as well. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Anyway, um, for you, dear listeners, thank you for uh, tuning in again with yet another episode of Mining Your Business Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one because we sure did. Um, if you like us, just leave us a rating, leave us a review on your um, medium of uh, preference. Uh, we are also on LinkedIn. We are also on Google. So you can leave us or write us an email on miningyourbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. And if you have any questions or any tips, uh, would you like to hear from some certain people, just text us. We would be very happy to hear from you. Thank you for listening, Timo, Patrick. Thank you for joining me here in the studio and talk to you and hear from you in the next episode of Mining Your Business Podcast. Bye-bye.